I'm Tim and welcome to Cigars Daily Live coming to you from sunny Phoenix, Arizona with a gangbusters show tonight. Okay, big things coming down the pipe. First of all, the theme of tonight's episode is my goodness, my father. You guys remember those old Guinness yeah. things? Yeah. I was literally like my father, my father. I was like, oh my good, my goodness, my father. There was like this whole thing with Guinness and those posters. There was like one of the first like like controlled substances and health claims in the United States because Guinness had these posters that said like Guinness is good for you like that's all they said on them yeah. Guinness is good for you and like people people now try to buy them to put in their houses because they're obviously very illegal yeah the classic so, one with like the fun. pelican yeah the one with the pelicans yeah. thing and the Guinness thing. okay anyway my goodness my father <laughs> it's not a health claim it's just it's just the it kind of goes together. All right. And again, uh, because tonight we have an amazing guest, uh, Jose Ortega. He is the VP of my father's cigars, obviously has been to the factory. You can see him here rolling a cigar, but the dude's got so much wisdom in the industry, specifically for cigars today, right now, where we all live. All of us are trying to get a hold of our favorite stuff, and it can be hard to do at times. He's going to help us take a look a little bit more at that. And of course, he's going to answer your comments and questions with me because my name is Tim. I'm the host of the show, but you all are the co-host. Uh, and so drop your comments and questions down below. We'll take them all the way through the episode. Of course, we're talking with Jose, and he is, as I said, the vice president of my father cigars one of the fastest growing quit like so quickly one of the most trusted brands in cigars it's incredible and it blows me away more every single day as i talk with these up-and-coming cigar brands who are trying to figure out what direction they're going you've got a company like my father who's been around brian by the way from my father is here he's off screen but you'll be able to hear him a little bit 19 years uh, 19 years 20 years, like, is our 20 20 years. years. The average cigar company lasts about 18 months. So 20 years is really impressive. But also in 20 years to be the size that you are in just 20 years. I mean, it's really, it's, I'm impressed. Okay. All right. Let's get some comments. Oh, and behind the camera, uh, there's some people. Okay. Billy the Kid and Big Ben. Last time, last week, you said there's nothing special lined up. <laughs> the conduit took my words out of context. I expect that to happen from other cigar content creators, but not here in the studio. Uh, real fast, you know why my father's cigars are so trustworthy? Like why are they so trusted? Because they're not going to go to uh, the gas station to get milk and just not come <laughs> never back come back. Years. Like 30 wow. people watching this show wow. were just like, That's oh, hard. no, I don't like <laughs> that very much. Yeah, you're absolutely right. My father's cigars won't leave you standing. And, uh, and that's one of the good things about them. My father's cigars literally better than some fathers. Okay. Uh, I want to get some comments from you guys. And what are you guys smoking behind the camera? Big, uh, big Ben, Billy, the kid. What do you guys got? My father. Oh, well, good. I've got Yours the, is still uh, in the cellophane, Ben. Do you not smoke? Oh, yeah. I'm on number two because they've been going down so nicely. Today. Okay. That's all right. Yeah. I've got the H2K CT which my good friend Brian over there explained yep. to me, and I could not relate any of the information he gave me earlier. <laughs> it's like a bold Connecticut. Yeah. Yeah. Habano 2000 wrapper grown Habano. in Connecticut. Yeah. Grown in Connecticut. H H2K Habano 2000 CT grown in Connecticut. There you go. For those who know. All right. I want to get comments from everybody who's watching at home. So drop them down below. Billy's already got one queued up for me. The first comment of tonight's episode comes from Daily Focus Gaming. Man, it just started raining. No. No stick for me tonight. Oh, really, really sorry. You got to try harder. You got to get those hats that have the little umbrellas that come out. <laughs> and then just, it'll be the perfect amount of distance. And yep. just cover your cigar. That's I also just want to say, a regular umbrella 
<laughs> totally also probably an option there. I, you know, I, this is something I really, really want to do this year. Okay. I want to set up, I've seen so many people do this online through the winter months, these like, like just fabbed up smoking lounges in the back of their, in their backyard. Like they get a tent or a Ramada or some cheap ass structure that they can put up that costs like less than a hundred bucks. And then they put a chair inside, like a heater, an area heater and a little smoke heater, and maybe even vent it out the side if they want to get creative. And you put your laptop in there. Yeah, one guy made one out of old doors. I don't know. I'm so excited about that. All right, next comment right here is coming from Cheesehead. says, can you name a few sticks in your humidor behind you? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, what's not in the humidor behind me? Here's what I want to know. If I can pick out some cigars without looking over my shoulder. Uh, so right here, this red container looks like Camacho Corojos. It's probably a four pack of them, as is this one probably above it. These are Gran Habano Connecticut number ones. This is a this is a small five pack of samples of acid cigars that was given to me my, by my rep like three years ago. Uh, top shelf, <laughs> top shelf, top shelf for me. Uh, these are typically the cigars that I'm going to be reviewing in my upcoming reviews. Coming down here, a bunch of stuff we don't carry anymore. This is a fake Cuban Monte Cristo, and so is this one right there. And then just a bunch of stuff from a bunch. I mean, like anyone who's been on the show has probably got cigars in this humidor. So there you go. That's my best. That's my best uh, take of what's behind me. All right. I want to get another comment here. Better get it for me. But this one's from Michael Laviano on Facebook. Vlad, Vlad, Sorry. Sorry, Michael. I've gotten it better at other times. What's up, guys? This is a treat on a Monday night. I'm loving it. I am enjoying a Oliva Milanio Maduro with espresso. Does anybody else think that Michael is a lunatic for drinking espresso this late at night can you guys do that he's talked about it before he's talked about it, it before and i've read it affect him. it doesn't affect him <laughs> you can drink coffee and fall asleep Absolutely. i was i turned like 31 and i was like if i drink coffee past 10 a.m i'm not sleeping that night all right let's get into the comment <laughs> keep on with the show and i want to tell you guys about the lineup for tonight's episode because we plan this thing like weeks and weeks in advance to make the best damn lineup we could for you guys all right uh this one is from yosef yude feel pretty confident about that uh <clears throat> big fan of jose and my father's cigars oh, okay i see what's happening here currently smoking la antigüedad toro can jose tell us about the tobaccos in this blend and how the fermentation takes place thank you let's do this uh yosef here's if you'll stay on we're going to have jose on to answer your questions in just a few minutes i'd like to prioritize a couple questions from yosef i know we're gonna have a lot of questions during the guest segment but i want to make sure that we get a few of his because Something tells me they're going to be important for this episode. Am I right, Brian? I might be right. Okay. <clears throat> Let's keep cruising. This one's right here. Can you smoke an Oscar with the leaf still on it? Yeah. I mean, he's talking about leaf by Oscar, which comes wrapped in a, in a, in a tobacco leaf. I wouldn't. I mean, can you physically do it? Maybe. But should you? No. I feel like it's a video coming up here soon. Maybe it is a video. Maybe I do need to do a video about it. All right, I'll think about that. I'll I'll consider <laughs> it's like it. Like smoking a cedar wrap cigar with the cedar still on it. Yeah, which you shouldn't do, right? You really shouldn't. Have you done it? On accident. You got to talk okay. into the mic to get for them to hear. Oh, you don't even want them to hear. You. All right, it's a secret. Have you done it? You've ever smoked one with a cedar on it? 
not necessarily on purpose. Not for and <laughs> when you noticed the cedar was on the cigar after you then let it, it you took it off up in flames, and you're like, oh shit! <laughs> oh, then your whole cigar's on fire. <laughs> how many alcoholic beverages did you? That's have? How much alcohol? We're not talking about that right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next comment right here, and we hit the lineup. This one's from Jason Brock. He says, "What's a good broadleaf cigar to try?" for a reasonable price there's one going through my mind right now a my father's cigar that if you want the nature of broadleaf you got to try and it's called la duena but when i say it i go la duena it's a circle of love um la duena <laughs> was blended by pete johnson from tatuaje cigars and is entirely broadleaf the whole blend. I mean, wrapper, binder, filler, all broadleaf. If you want to get that broadleaf flavor, that's one I'd recommend. There are a lot of lot of broadleaf cigars There's out. There's also one on the sampler tonight. Is there one of broadleaf? Let's bring up lineup. Let's bring up the lineup real quick. I want to, I want to talk about the lineup. Brian, which one of these is broadleaf? That would be the Jaime Garcia. Jaime Garcia. I should probably know that as I'm <laughs> relatively certain I've reviewed that cigar. I, I know first. And Thank I carry it. Okay. Well. Who's a douche now? Uh, okay, uh, so the lineup for tonight's episode, Jose and Brian and I, we all planned this thing in advance to make an awesome sampler for you guys. Uh, first of all, the Jaime Garcia, which, as I've just learned, has a Connecticut Broadleaf wrapper on it. Fantastic. La Promesa. Now, the, the next two cigars are two newer cigars that have come out really since 2019-ish. Mm. 2018, 2019. I think La Grana Ferta was 2018. And then La Promesa, was that 2020? That was, that was 19. 2019 uh the le top 25 cigar in fact cigar of the year oh, yeah. in 2016 2015. 2015 i know things about cigars and <laughs> la antiguidad does this have any accolades that i'm going to muddle up if i try to say them? I, I yes it has been in the top 10 it's been in the top 10 yeah top 25 cigar yeah. again so much good with my father and so many people going to smoking the cigars it's not a brand about which i hear people say like yeah i just don't like my father's cigars and i hear that with every other brand out there people are like no it's just a it's just a crap brand i hate it and i don't like it and then with my father everybody loves them i've never met a person that hasn't in fact i would i would implore somebody if you're in the comments you don't like my father's cigars can you give me a good valid reason why for everybody else i'll tell you you're going to be impressed especially with these five so check the link in the description supports the show helps these guys out behind the camera and uh it's going to set you up with amazing ridiculous value on my father's cigars which you don't find very discounted very often nope. they're sort of a good brand that holds its uh <clears throat> I've, I've got to say Whatever as well, Tim, was, like, yes. we, we always say it, and I bring it up most weeks, that I often choose a cigar on the band and how good you the look, cigar yep. looks. Yep. yep. You know what? Every single My Father stick just looks the tits. Yeah, doesn't like, it, I though? Always yeah. think, like, every single one. The band looks amazing. The construction's perfect. Like, you just can't knock them. Like, yeah. Every single time, they're... <clears throat> They're a step above There's the and and the, and the secret behind that is that my father's got one dude, one dude that does all that stuff, and he just gets it. And you right? can see because they all they all look similar. You know, yeah. you can see that there's like a thing. So no, I love yeah. it. Absolutely love they it. They literally have a cigar called La Opulencia. Just an, uh, the most because it's all it is, it's opulent, opulent as hell. Let's get some comments, Billy. Let's get the one from your says, uh, I have an acrylic humidor with only about four cigars and a 69% Bovida. The past few sticks have felt kind of soft and burning with cracks and bad construction. Too much humidity for only a few sticks. 
<clears throat> it shouldn't be in that acrylic humidor unless it is overhumidified in there. If you season those things, they'll be overhumidified. You shouldn't do that. But I would definitely add some more cigars, especially if they feel soft. Another option that you have, especially if you have a high grommeter inside of there, the seal on those acrylics is so good. Remove that Boveda pack for a few days. See if you get a better balance. I mean, it will over time continue to drop, but you like three or four days of a Boveda outside of that thing, just because it seals so unbelievably well, might even be good for your four cigars or add more cigars to buy it. More. That would be, that would be my, yeah. Brian says buy more. He, he feeds his kids that way, but it's also a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. All right, let's do it. Uh, this one is from Church of Purpose 21 says, uh, Tim, do you guys offer a military discount? We do. Yes. If you can prove that you've been in the military or a first responder, you can get a standing discount with Cigars Daily. If you email us at hello at cigarsdaily.com, uh, then Dustin will give you all of the appropriate details to make sure that you get everything you need because we value our servicemen and women. So much that you call we've, we, yeah, I value you so much that I'll act like the Swedish chef from the Muppets when I read your name. <laughs> Forty Morgie Morgie Morgie. What's the next one, Billy? This one is from Scotty. He says, Tim or Allison, if she is, uh, if she's around, could you tell me how you celebrate seven years clean from drugs and booze and what kind of non-alcoholic drink you would pair with a cigar? So seven years at seven years and all of my like recovery stuff, the 12 step stuff, all of my stuff was like really horrible, perverted sex stuff. So uh, for Allison, she would have a different question, a different answer than mine. And uh, I would say for non-alcoholic drinks with a cigar, I mean, it's really, what are you into? Like a lot of guys I know do tea. There's a lot of really nice like tea type beverage. Like that's like its whole own weird geeked out industry. Ginger ale. Ginger ale with cigars, a lot of different types of sodas. Here's what I love. These mashup sodas now. Dr. Pepper and cream soda in one can. Forget about it. That is the kind of stuff that really gets me going. And that's the kind of stuff I'd recommend. You know, some people, I've seen people do freaking Yoohoo. Yoohoo and Nest Quick Nest Quick and stuff like that. Like there's a lot of stuff that you can do with it. Endless options with non-alcoholic. All right, let's take one more and then I'm going to hit the pick of the week. Comment right here is coming from uh, Daily Focus Gaming. He says, I don't like my father, the judge, for the simple fact that it was the first cigar I smoked and it put me on my ass. And I've never, tri I've never tried it since. LOL, La Opulencia, I didn't like, but I like Fonseca. Any, any remarks to that? He looks like he's more in that medium range. He, the judge, Judge yeah. Opalencia, fuller bodied. Yeah, they're going to hit you a little bit harder than that. Fonseca I guess will. that's, I guess that's fair. If it's like, yeah, there's something in the catalog I don't like, but then you know what? I, there's some other stuff I do like. No, I'm looking for somebody that's like, I just don't like my father's cigars, and here's why. That's what I want. Yes, Billy. I get where he's coming from because there's still a uh, Romeo that I can't smoke. Because it was my first cigar and it knocked me on my ass. Really? I, I avoid it like the plague. <laughs> I've smoked it again and it instantly brought back those memories. So you, know what's, that. you know what's totally funny about that? My first cigar I ever smoked was an Ashton Classic Churchill. And it put me on my ass just because it was a Churchill. And we don't carry Ashton here at Cigars <laughs> Daily. I'm just like, and it's not that I won't smoke Ashton's. Like, I like Ashton okay. We just don't carry him. All right, uh, I want to jump into a segment we do every week on the show. Of course, keep posting your comments and questions. That's what this episode's all about. Uh, but I want to take you guys into the Cigars Daily Nation pick of the week. This one, I, you know, I'm curious about this. We talk about this from time to time on the show. But every once in a while, you go out and you forget to bring your favorite cutter. Or you just can't find it. That's actually me most of the time. Especially when I'm trying to light a cigar. I can never, ever find a lighter. 
So you get creative. And that's what the pick of the week is about this week from the Cigars Daily Nation Facebook group. Take a look. This one is from uh, Garrett Green. He says, when you forgot the punch, use the axe. My question is to you in the comments, what's the most ridiculous thing you've ever used to cut a cigar? He does look like he's sort of out and he's got a side-by-side there with his box of, uh, that's got to be Deadwood cigars on there. Ryan, can I get a second opinion? Do you concur? So it's got to be Deadwoods, right? That's got to be Deadwoods. And uh, and he's cut it with his axe. And by the way, from the picture on the right, looks like he has a perfectly beautiful V-cut on that thing. Like, perfectly beautiful. What's the weirdest thing you've ever used to cut a cigar? Billy, Ben, give it to me. I was working in the wood shop, and I didn't have my cutter. Is that a euphemism? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. And I used my uh, circular saw. I just, like... You <laughs> used a circular saw to cut a cigar? I grabbed it with a pair of pliers. And just like, zip, cut it. it worked very well. Wow. Okay, yeah. Big Ben. Uh, my fingers. But... <laughs> that's about it. All right, that's yeah, pretty good. I've usually got a cutter or a knife. I've used a knife before, but mainly just fingers, I guess. Let me ask you a question. Cool. Now that you live in the United States and you don't live in the UK, where you legally cannot have a knife with a blade longer than oh, inch and a half. Four in- yeah, I, I want to <laughs> say four inches. But... Four, a four, you could have a four-inch blade in the UK? I don't know. That sounds that's pretty a, big. That sounds big. That's a yeah. that big right there. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think that's probably about what you could get away with. I think four inch. As long as it's not do you, lockable. Do you carry a knife more since you live in the United States now? Yeah, definitely. Okay. Yeah, good. And you should. Just Everybody like I am. Yeah. Okay. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good. Let's see. What's, what have people used, Billy? Let's see what they got. I did a punch cut with a drill before. Perfect. I love that. And if your cigar's plugged, you get a smaller drill bit and just keep going at it. What's the next one? Let's see. Uh, a knife I forged from James C. That's Have cool. you been Impressive. on Forged in Fire? <laughs> forged in Fire is one of the greatest shows greatest ever. Show. I can't stop watching it. And I James... just discovered it like yeah. a week ago. We ben were talking I, about it. Ben and I literally watched several episodes last week together. <laughs> yeah. We went up to Dewey together and just like watched Forged in Fire for a while. Yeah. All right. What's the next one? <laughs> uh, I work at a prison and can't have sharp items. <laughs> so a credit card works great. From Aaron Hooper. I'm also glad he clarified that he works. works. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, when I was in the prison, I used a credit card. My prison credit card <laughs> was different than a regular credit card. It's been sharpened. It's been sharpened. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you just take your credit card, you sharpen it down to a point, and then you shake the cigar in the cap. All right, what's the next one? How'd they get the cigar in the prison? Well, as a, as a guard, he could get it in there. But if you don't, if you're not a guard in the prison, the only way to get it in is prison the wallet. Uh, prison wallet. That's right. That's why. I, that's why I said prison credit card. I was like, why is that standing out in my mind? That's why the prison wallet. Damn it. Jay White says I use a golf tee. Right, so we're gonna say credit card is so far the most unique one. Golf tee is a good one to use, especially that's for golfers. Of, that's kind of genius. Actually, yeah. If a you're, golf tee. Yeah. Well, it's. I mean, it's the result of like you're out on the course. You're like, oh shit, I don't have anything to cut my cigar. And then you just look around and you look at your bag and you're like, I have golf tees. That I can just sharp. stab the thing to death. What's the next one? Basically, yeah. What can I use to cut the cigar even? Car keys from Easy E. To me, that's up there with a credit card. I mean, and car keys are unbelievably dirty, but so is a credit card. Yeah. All right. What's the next one, Billy? Sharp edge of a stone from a river from Jason Reese. <laughs> yes, that. That's got to be it right there. <laughs> What's this? What do you use? I use a rock. I use yeah. the rock that I found in the water, and it had E. coli on it. Uh, that's fantastic. How did you <laughs> find a, cool a sh- on. How, did you, how did you find a sharp rock in a river? Usually that's the smooth one. It was a new one added. To yeah. 
Touche. All right. Last one, and then we move on. I want to get the comment crazy because I want to bring our guest on for tonight. Cookout Northwest says, uh, made a punch out of bullet shell. Now, there's people trying to do this for profit. There's people trying to make companies out of making cigar cutters out of bullets, which I think is fantastic because you you get to pick your size with the caliber of a round, and then they work just like brass works just perfectly to punch a cigar. I mean, if you're not using a bullet, go buy a gun, shoot a bullet out of it, and then keep the casing. I absolutely highly recommend it. I want okay. something cool now. I want to own something. I think I want to get like a, a shark tooth. A shark, uh, like a megalodon tooth. Well, that might be a bit. I need like and a really sharp, big cigar. All and then, the time. yeah, and then sharpen it. Yeah. Well, yeah. Just, just I don't know. Just an excuse just to carry around a big shark tooth all the time, or, or any kind of thing. Like <laughs> I always thought Sam Neill looked so cool on Jurassic Park when he pulls out that claw. <laughs> that claw. <laughs> like you want he just do that in the cigar talent? lounge. Like just, every day, just put out a massive claw like Sam Neill and just. Attack your cigar like a, <laughs> like a mini Velociraptor. <laughs> like, that would do. I know you live in America though, so you could buy a gun. But what well, I no 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 no. I what I want to see is I want to see Ben go back to the UK to visit his family, and they're like, "Oh, does anyone have a cutter?" And he pulls out a shark tooth, <laughs> and he's like, "What's up, guys?" And they're like, "How big is it?" He's like, "It's six inches long. It's a megalodon tooth." Technically not yeah. a knife. <laughs> America. America. <laughs> yeah, you guys can get anything in America. All right, keep get, get ready to keep putting your comments down below because we got to jump into a segment right before we bring in our guest for tonight's episode. Uh, uh, in just a minute, we will. But I want to bring up lineup two real quick and remind you guys to check out the lineup on My Father's Cigars tonight. That's now blocking my face here. Uh, a five epic My Father's Cigars that you'll find unbelievable value in. There's a link in the description. No matter whether you're watching on YouTube, Facebook, or Cigars Daily Plus supports the show and is going to load your humidor with some incredible, incredible stuff, especially if you have an acrylic with only four cigars in it right now. <laughs> this seems like a reasonable opportunity. You need to do it. You need to do it. Okay. Brian says it. It's got to be true. All right. So we're going to jump into the comment craze. This week, I want to talk about something that's in the news because I can associate this with cigars because it is associated. And that's our good friend, Mr. Elon Musk. Who's talking about buying Twitter? I have a graphic for that. Sorry, is it down there? there Did I go. not? Okay, there we go. Mr. Elon Musk, who has now made an offer to buy Twitter, an offer that we are all exhaustedly sick of hearing and reading about. So I don't want to talk a ton about that tonight. Here's what I want to talk about. The whole idea here, and I think that the consensus is that sort, sort of like Elon Musk is in favor of free speech. He's a fan of free speech. He calls himself a free speech absolutist. And I think that's a good thing. And so if he buys Twitter and takes it private, maybe there would be less oppression or less censorship. That sounds like a pretty good thing, especially if you're a cigar person, like we all are in this room. Like our voices are like, don't they matter less than anything. And we're all white men sitting in this room. So it matters even less than it did before. It's just absolutely insane. So as I see people championing free speech, it absolutely, uh, What's my whistle? What's the what's the word I'm looking for? Hey, what's my whistle? Okay. Uh, so I have a question for you based on this. Elon Musk wants to buy Twitter for free speech. I know not everybody's a fan of free speech. I totally get that. So I'm going to ask you to drop a comment down below, no matter where you're watching this. Uh, we're going to take comments from YouTube and Facebook right now. And during the after party, we'll get to Cigars Daily Plus. YouTube and Facebook comment on this question right here. Let's just imagine that the Cigars Daily Nation bought a massive social media giant. What kinds of things would instantly be our new community guidelines to ensure free speech or just to silence the opposition? You can make up 
a community guideline for a social media platform. It can be anything you want. They're not allowed to talk about something. They are allowed to talk about something or it's just free speech. What, in your opinion, is the best way to go, especially if that massive social media giant was owned by a cigar community? That's the important thing right there. It's all about who's behind the helm these days and how much they hate what you think about. And so I want to see this and I want to know from behind the camera, uh, Big Ben, Billy the Kid, what do you guys think? You're now, you're now, you're now a shot caller on a major social media platform. What is your first community guideline? I think mine would be absolutely anything goes as long as you've got a stick in your mouth. <laughs> as long as there absolutely anything you want. As long as, got as, long as you got a cigar in your mouth. Yeah. Killing. I, I, only one, as you'll see from last week, because I can't have not more than, more one. than one cigar. Yeah. yeah. For anyone else, that's the way. All right. I think that sounds good. That's it's progress. I feel like yeah. that's progress. Billy, what about you? I think we already <clears throat> there's a documentary that came out, I think it was the late 90s, about uh-huh. this club that had a community guidelines. And the documentary followed these uh people around that would go to this fight club and you just don't speak about it. So the first rule is you just don't <laughs> is you don't about talk it. about it. You don't talk. So about the it. first rule of our social media platform is you don't talk about it. Exactly. Okay. I think I remember that documentary. Yeah, yeah I remember that documentary, documentary too. It was a really, really good one. Yeah. So I'm I'm in favor of both of those. I think both of those sound reasonable. Brian, do you have a do you have any input here? Mm. No, not so much. <laughs> you're like I'm just want to opt out of this. One. You're just the free speech guy. Just let yeah. people have their free speech. Just let it go. Ben says absolutely anything goes <laughs> yeah, as long anyway. as there's a cigar in your mouth. <laughs> All right. What are people saying, Billy? Give me some comments down below. Uh, fight Club rules. <laughs> there we yep. go. There we go. From David. That's the documentary. Colquitt. David Colquitt. And now I said his first name wrong. What's the next one? Uh, Easy E says, every post needs to be started with, yeah, let's have a cut in the light. <laughs> the only way to find out is with a cut in the light. Right? That's cheesy. And everyone here at the shop hates hearing that because they hear it all day long. Especially when people come in and meet me and they're like, I'm like, what are you looking for? He's like, something I can light up with a cut and a light. Eh? I love that, man. Hey, finger guns. All right, next one. Uh, Jeff Jetter says, after each post, you would have to put hashtag Sharoots. Yes. That's fair. I like that one. Billy has had a love affair with Sharoots. He'd, he'd be on the board of that social yep, media company. I'm all about it. All right. Elon Musk's hostile, ta- hostile takeover of our social media company would be easy. Yeah. You'd be like, can I buy this? And we'd be like, yes. Yeah. Yeah, we love money. So go ahead. Done. All right. What's the next one? I'm having to proofread a lot of these. Billy's proofreading these to make sure that they're appropriate because we are on platforms where there isn't free speech <laughs> as we're making as we're making fun of the fact that free speech doesn't exist. So here we go. Billy's actually got a spotter reading him. Are we good with this one? Mm-hmm. I think we're good with that. I'm sure. Go for find it. Find out. Uh, Mario Velasco says... Say what you want and don't be an a-hole. Breaking community guidelines will get you banned from smoking anything but Gurkha cigars. <laughs> Somebody, I'm not going to say who, it wasn't me. Somebody in the pre-show called a Gurkha comment coming up during this episode. Somebody called it. All right, next one. I like that. That was fantastic. Espen Ty Hansen says one rule, and that is there are no rules. Sounds like the Ben. It sounds like Ben's. Absolutely anything goes as long as you got a cigar in your mouth. And it, so here's the thing. Free speech is such a critical, fundamental element of at least what makes America who we are. Like, it's always been one of the biggest things about us. And so the fact that it's so in danger, I think, is, is alarming. It's fun to joke about it, but we do have to fight for this kind of stuff. What's another good one, Billy? Uh, only brown liquor and brown leaves. 
I'm from Notorious Fam. I'm okay with that. But what, like, what if I want? It's not a white Russian anymore because we're well boycotting Russia. What if I wanted a white Ukrainian? Nope, that just sounds dirty. What if? <laughs> what if I wanted to put milk into an alcoholic drink? Could I do that? You just have to keep it in a brown shade. You'd have to keep your milk. Keep too. it a shade of brown. Yeah. I like how we've gone. I like how we swung the pendulum all the way to the other side, and we're now Nazis of simple things like your drink is not brown enough. <laughs> Sounds like you need to smoke a pipe. Sounds like you need to smoke a pipe. One week ban. That's right. <laughs> pipe smokers. All right. Uh, get that one from Hawborn. Why are Gurkhas hated so much? Well, I can tell you why Gurkhas hated so much. Gurkhas been around for a long time and they have mastered packaging and they don't make bad cigars. I don't think that, I think Gurkha makes a lot of very good cigars. I should say that. But they've also had this massive presence online. They were like a big cigar company in the first cigar boom, like in the late 90s. They were the hottest, sexiest thing. They were like one of the original boutique cigar brands because they called their stuff like their cigars like Ninja and Shadow Warrior and the Night. Fervor. Like whatever they wanted to call it, they called it that. It didn't have to be the Reserva Especial 25th Limited, whatever. Like they had their own way of doing it. But also the online catalog companies really, really hurt the brand as they have just driven down the price of Gurkha cigars. Because if you smoke Gurkhas, you probably smoke $2 Gurkhas that you can get a 20 pack for $40 online. And, and there are other brands that get treated like that out there. They're not the only ones. It's very unfortunate when it happens. And it's this big fight between online retailers and the brick and mortar guys. Like the online retailers, when you guys shop online, you're looking for price. That's why you go shop online. You want the price and you want the convenience of having the stuff sent right to your house. That's why we do stuff online. And so all online catalog guys are incentivized to have the best pricing out there. What people in the cigar industry call that, they call it the race to the bottom. Because once you put out a cigar that's $10 and everyone's buying it for, you know, $2 from cigars, $2cigars.com or whatever, which I don't think is a real website. We should buy that domain right now. I'm on it. I'm on it. <laughs> Ben's like, I'm getting it now. Uh, but if you're going to go get them there, it's not a $10 cigar anymore. It's a $2 cigar. And at some point, you can't make a $10 cigar. Sometimes cigars, and I'm not trying to accuse Gurkha specifically of this, sometimes cigars uh, quality suffers because of that. I've seen that happen with other brands. But the thing people complain about with Gurkha, I think some people just hate Gurkha because of the look and the feel and the and and like Gurkha is Gurkha. Gurkha is Gurkha. Like their packaging is just perfectly opulent and really, really intense. And I think some people don't like it because it's they feel like it's flashy. Other people don't like it because they 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 were looking for the cigar they used to smoke, you know, maybe 10 or 20 years ago. And then other people just don't like it. But I know that there's a massive well of people out there who do like it because Gurkha is like one of the biggest cigar brands in America. Now, we're talking about my father's cigar. I can see Jose just sitting back puffing his cigar being like, man, Tim's talking about Gurkha for a long time. <laughs> All right, let's go on. We'll get one or two more, and then we'll jump into the guest segment. John C. says, you have to start with, we're back on to community guidelines for our social media service that we're going to buy. Um, uh, you know, <laughs> it has to start with, you know what you should do. That's what you want. Pick up a massive social media conglomerate company and listen to everybody say, you know what you should do. All you have to do is just give advice to people. That's all you can do. Just on give advice media. to people. You know yeah, what absolutely. you should do? Have a social media that you only get advice from. <laughs> That's exactly right. 
All right. I want to, I want to keep getting your guys' comments and questions. So keep dropping them down below, but I want to bring on our guest for tonight's episode. This is a guy with so much experience in the cigar world, but his experience is also wrapped up in one of the most trusted, fastest growing companies in America. That's my father's cigars. He's the vice president of the company. Got it. And, uh, and, a fantastic guy all around, a guy who I look up to and ask his advice uh, on things in the cigar world. Please drop your cigar comments and questions for, and also say hello to Jose Ortega from my father. Hello, What's everyone. Up, What's How are you, brother? man? I'm hanging in here, enjoying uh, enjoying the conversation. Yeah, look at you. You got a field of tobacco behind you. You look like you're yes, like sir. what's what's left of your hair is ready to rustle in the wind a little bit. <laughs> Looks very refreshing. Wow, wow, wow. tough, tough. <laughs> Dude, look at me. I'm not. I'm. I'm further. I'm further advanced in whatever condition. Yeah, it is. but I think. I think in your case, you. You. Yours is by choice. Mine just keeps falling. I have a 21 year old daughter who makes sure that it keeps falling out. So, <laughs> I got to tell you. I I compl- I shave it by choice, but only because if I grew it in, my head would look exactly like yours. I started <laughs> losing my hair in the eighth grade. Wow. I got the wit- the little bald monk patch in the back in like the eighth grade. Uh, I want to get some comments for you. Yep. Uh, but first, how are you doing, man? How is my father's cigars? What's rolling in your neck of the woods? Well, listen, uh, blessed. Obviously, everything everything is going great. Uh, my father's very solid right now. We're, we're, we're doing extremely well. We're, we're continuing the growth that we've had for the last, you know, 20 years or, or so. So it's just been steady growth. You know what I mean? So we're not, we're not yeah. breaking records and we don't care to, I mean, slowly, but surely it to us, it's not a, uh, it's not a sprint. It's a marathon and, and we're in How- it for the long haul. Are you able to get back down to the factory more now? Like as, as things opened up that you're able to go down and visit? Well, it's still, it's still a little difficult. Uh, as a matter of fact, we just we just went. We just got back. Uh, so it was very exciting for us because we took a, uh, I want to say about three years, two and a half, three years that we that I had not oh, gone yeah. down there. And uh, brother, let me tell you what I saw was amazing. I mean, during the time when everybody else was on hold, Jaime took advantage of that. Jaime and Pepin took advantage of that time and basically decided to do an expansion in preparation for when things open up again, right? So uh, even with all the difficulties and everything else, I mean, they just kept kept uh, expanding. And uh, I mean, I saw easily, easily, if just right off the top of my head, I'm going to say we, we probably have another 12 new buildings. And when I say buildings, I'm not yeah. talking, you know, 5,000 square feet. I'm talking humongous, uh, you know, buildings. Because we need it, we we have we have knock on, knock on wood, right? We've been blessed. We have plenty of tobaccos. I mean, they've expanded the farms. Um, I think we're up to twenty one farms or so. So I mean, it's just Hold it, on. it's been real quick. Yeah, real quick. This is something I don't think people have a, have a, like have a scope for for how massive this is. Like other companies aren't doing this. Like other major cigar manufacturers are like. We built a new factory. It's nice. And you're like, no, we've got like five massive buildings we built. Like, I mean, it's the equivalent of like, oh, yeah, by the way, they put in an Amazon warehouse down the street and they put it up and it's been just like three days and now it's all the way up. Like, you guys have really done an amazing thing is all I mean to say. And and we're going to start seeing like stuff with these buildings, right? Like, like what is this going to be? Is it going to be increased production? Is there well, going to be cigars associated with this or what's the plan? 
Well, so it's actually it's actually all. So initially, uh, initially, what what we did is our main building where we were sharing the pre-industry and uh, and the rolling. Uh, the pre-industry was was moved from there. The band, you know, uh, the area where we what put is, the bands. Explain, and, explain pre-industry so real quick. Pre, pre-industry is where the tobaccos are sorted and with everything is prepared, the vein, the tobaccos, the vein, and so forth, right? So and stored. Uh, that was that's all been moved. Uh, as far as the factory is concerned, the area where the where the packaging, which was tied into our main building, our our, fa- our rolling factory, uh, half of the building. Okay, so imagine a huge warehouse. Half of that building was the rolling, and then the other half was all the packaging and shipping and so forth. That all was removed and into a new, even bigger building, um, and so we were able to expand. Now we knocked down the middle, the, the wall that went down the middle and expanded our rolling. So to give you, to put it in perspective, uh, it went from, you know, having 300 pairs to uh, uh, 300 pairs to having 600. So you just doubled, when, your, when, doubled the capacity of, of people. When he says, when he says pairs, guys, he literally means two people at about a four foot table like I'm sitting at. One does the bunch and the binder and the other one puts on the wrapper. And those sets of people can, can typically roll around, you know, five or 600 cigars a day, right? I'm sorry, how many? A five or six hundred cigars a day, a rolling pair, isn't that what they can do? Well, what well, what we what we normally what we do what we do, yeah, what we think is reasonable because again, we focus on maintaining the quality. So we rather have more rollers. I, I would say anywhere between two hundred to three hundred. Uh, you kind of cap them uh, somewhere in that area just to make sure that you know. Obviously, the most the most experienced guys will uh, pairs will do more, uh, but yeah. you want to cap them in that area. Otherwise, you start risking losing you know some of the quality and for us as you know we're all about the quality i mean to us is yeah you know making sure that the final product is, is just right flavor can only be good if construction already is right like if Correct. construction's not good flavor doesn't really matter okay i want to get a a couple of comments for you brother so uh billy's going to go ahead and throw one up on the screen right now this one's from n mn drummer 71 jose what's behind the my father name what made that become the company name Okay, so actually, very good, great question. The company was uh, known as El Rey de los Habanos, the King of the Habanos, right? And back in 2008, uh, the company released a cigar called My Father, and it was actually done all in secret from Pepin. It was it was a Jaime project. Um, you know, as, as Jaime explains it, people tend to pay homage to their their fathers and or grandfathers and so forth after they've passed right we always pay homage oh my god and whatever and he because of the success that they had and remember pepin was a patriarch actually Janny was the first one to leave cuba and come to the united states but pepin was the one that came afterwards and obviously with the with the knowledge that he does in, in tobacco and brought jaime out of out of cuba so for that reason, the success that they started having with the with the cigars, he decided to pay homage to to Pepin, and so he created a brand in secret from Pepin, uh, you know, and he named it My Father in in honor of Pepin, right? So here's the interesting thing, though. So they're in Nicaragua, everybody's in Nicaragua, and Pepin happened to be here in my in uh, in Miami, and the the package came to the office in Miami. Uh, and the only person that could sign for it was actually Pepin. 
So he gets it, you know, they, they send the proofs, you know, to, to, for approval. And he gets it and he opens it up and he starts to look at it. And he goes, hey, and he calls him. He says, what is this MF in my father and all this artwork that I'm getting? And he goes, well, that was supposed to be a surprise, right? That's supposed to be a surprise for you. <laughs> well, the surprise was on Jaime because Pepina ended up seeing it way before before the, the, the time. But the, the cigar was well accepted. The, the blend, little did Pepin know that he had actually been working on the blend because the way that we do it in, in our company is, Jaime and Pepin work on the blends together. So even if Jaime comes up with the blend, right, he always has Pepin give the approval. Nothing, nothing is done without, you know, or vice versa. If Pepin makes a blend, he, he runs it by Jaime. Jaime, what do you think? And they kind of both work together in making sure that it's, a, you know, that, that they're okay with it and that's what they're going to go with. And um, so it was very interesting. Pepin had no idea. I he just knew that. that he was approving a blend. And then all of a sudden he gets surprised with this gift, if you will, from uh, from Jaime. Yeah, and that's, it's, it's that's how we became. So I'm sorry. So to answer the, to 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 answer that question, so how did we become my father? Well, in 2008, it was the number three. It was chosen as the number three cigar of the year in Cigar Aficionado, which then took brought light, you know, shine light to the company on a whole other level. So then, obviously, it it, it just made sense at that point. It was it was the most recognized and, name of the brands, and now one of the most recognized names in the cigar world. Like once you get into cigars, my father is. It's like if you first get into cars and you've never heard of Mercedes Benz before, or BMW or something like that. People are like, "Well, I've, I've got to tell you about this because if you're going to be into cars, you need to know about it." So it's fantastic. Another well, comment coming for you right here, and yes, what were you going to say, Jose? No, I, I was just going to say. You know, the funny thing, Tim, is that I actually up up until recently. Uh, I used to go to stores and and I would say, listen, Jose Ortega, my father's cigars. And you you run into that one or two guys that say, oh, your father rolls cigars? And you're trying to explain, no, the company's called my father. <laughs> no, and I, finally, I just said, the hell with it. You know what? Yes, my father, he adopted me. So, yes, I'm adopted. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yeah, it's just easier. Yeah, he rolls a lot of cigars. Everybody <laughs> All right. Next comment's coming from Julie Floor. She says, thank you for being with us, Jose. I am a medium to medium plus cigar smoker, what do you recommend from your line? And of course, we've got the lineup uh, in case any of these cigars work for you. We do have five cigar lineup for this episode. Check the link in the description, guys. But anything in your catalog, Jose, anything you want to talk about, but I've got five we can at least let people see. Well, let's start out with the five that you have now that you're showing. So uh, within the medium to medium plus, I would say definitely La Promesa and uh, La Gran Oferta. Those two will be right in that area. When you start getting into the Jaime, the, definitely the Le Bijou. The Le Bijou and La Opulencia are the strongest ones we we have. Uh, yeah. Well, and, and the judge. I know someone made the comment about the judge and how they uh, wimped out. I'm sorry, uh, it kicked them in the ash uh, when, yeah. when they first smoked it. But uh, La Antigüedad would also be in that three-quarter range. So, uh, But I would say from this lineup, you're looking at La Promesa and, and La Gran Oferta would be great choices in that medium, medium plus. Uh, they can always refer back to Flor de las Antillas and uh, Julie. You can go to Flor de las Antillas uh, Maduro. The regular Flor de las Antillas yeah. is a flat medium. It's a beautiful what cigar, about, very aromatic, but you got to go with the Maduro. has a little more punch. What about La... La Antigüedad, the cigar closest to you on your end over there. Where, where's yeah, yeah. that one for, for people? Uh, you know, for me, it's for me, it's a medium plus. Um, some people tend to think that it's it's on the stronger side, uh, but I think 
if Julie is smoking in that medium to medium plus, I think that'll fall right into it. And she'll actually appreciate it very well. It, it was Julie, correct? Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, you got it right. She'll, she'll really, yeah, she'll appreciate it because it's got such a sweetness to it. Uh, it it's a very exciting cigar. I mean, I, I, I tend to, here, I'll show you right now what I have. Right, right now I'm smoking the Fonseca, but what I have to smoke, Later today, tonight is a Lanti with that. So, I mean, it's, yeah. I just love the cigar. I was, also, right I just want to point out, you're one of like three guests I've ever had that's given a shit enough to try to remember a commenter's name. So thank you. No. <laughs> you're like, it was Julie, right? Yeah, I remember. Okay. <laughs> Next comment right here is coming from Dave Colquitt. And if we, if Yosef is around, I think we want comments from Yosef too. If Yosef, if you see any Yosef comments, make sure you get those. Oh, they're important. Uh, what is the mentality in the My Father's Office meetings to other brands releasing limited editions, high age sticks, and so on constantly? Do you guys worry that in such a, worry about that in such a crazy market? So yeah, he's talking about, seems like most brands have got a limited release every quarter or every year or some weird age thing that they're doing. I know that you guys have those items, but mm -hmm. how do you think about them in, in the culture of My Father? You know, what I enjoy and what I love about being part of this team is the fact that we we're, we kind of what's, what's the uh, what's that saying? They say we kind of walk to our own drums or whatever, to the beat of our own yeah. drum. You know, yeah. we we're one company that we really don't. I don't we pay attention because we know what everybody else is doing. And obviously we we smoke, you know, every chance we have to smoke other people's stuff to kind of get an idea of what's in the market. Uh, but the reality is when anybody is releasing something, we applaud it because I, I, I think it's good overall. Um, it helps. It, it obviously helps us as well. It's not we don't see anyone as a competition. On the contrary, uh, everyone in the industry is our friends and, and we applaud them for anything that they do because it it kind of helps to set the, the pattern to the things that can be made out there that can be released. Right. And we worry about our, ourselves. We, yeah. we don't look and see if somebody's coming out with a cigar, uh, just to, just to, just to use the name, uh, Indonesian, we're, we're not going to jump out and go get Indonesian now because they, you know, they're making Indonesia. No, that's your thing. You right. go do it. We work with what we got and we know what we're growing and, and we stick to, to what works for us. And hopefully what we do, is helping them as well in order to you know right. to grow their their business and I think in part we've we've done it I'm not going to say I'm I've, I'm not being arrogant by saying but I think that we've made a huge impact in bringing awareness to Nicaragua just like the Padrones have and and Perdomo and everybody else that's in Nicaragua everybody's worked very hard to bring the awareness uh, to the country right and and the and how great the cigars are from the country so we, mm -hmm. uh, to me it's just we we kind of help each other out, so we're not we're we don't compete. We're not worried about it. Uh, we applaud it. You no, know, there are brands out there who who you know anxiously watch other brands to see what they're doing. Like, oh my gosh, Drew Estate's putting out a new freestyle live kit. We better come up with something. You know, it's like, oh man, Drew Estate or some other brand just put out Cigar X and it's doing really well. Do we need to do this? And I and every once in a while you see a cigar where you're like, God, that seems so similar to this yeah. other cigar. I would think that if, if you're working for a brand that's just like, you know what, we're going to do what we do. We're not going to worry about what anybody else thinks or what anybody else does. I would think that wouldn't just be good for you guys, but good for your uh, cigar smokers as well. And the next comment is actually a really good evidence of that. This one's from Eric Held. He said, 
He says, my father has always felt like a brand for experienced cigar smokers. What would you recommend for someone uh, to try your brand? And here's what, before I ask you to answer that, Jose, I'll tell you this. Mm -hmm. When people come in and they ask me, they're like, what's a, what's a good cigar for a beginner? What should I start with? I usually point out the My Father Connecticut because I love it. And I think it is an unusually complex Connecticut. Like yes. there's only a handful of Connecticut Connecticut cigars that have the presence and the complexity of My Father Connecticut. But I also tell people, you might want to start with something a little cheaper because if you do this, my father, Connecticut might ruin you for some of these like five and $6 cigars that you could appreciate now. So, so how do you respond to that? If people see your brand as a brand for experienced cigar smokers, where should people start? Or is that a wrong perception about it? Well, no. And, and I can understand, I can understand why they would think that way. Uh, you know, I was listening, I was listening to uh, a couple of things earlier today, people talking about our, our brand and, and everybody always comments about, you know, what, what you find traditionally with our cigars right off the gate, which is normally that little bit of a spicy kick to it that, and that pepper in, in all of our, even the medium body cigars, right? So it's kind of our signature thing. You know, you're smoking in my father cigar. If you get that at the, at the foot, um, I'll be honest with you, you know, you mentioned the Connecticut and you're right. I, I tell people all the time, I said, are my, are my father Connecticut, it's, it's, and, and I'm a full body smoker, but I enjoy smoking it because it actually has a lot of flavor, right? Uh, a lot of Connecticut's, no disrespect uh, to any other brand that's out there, but most Connecticut tend to be, for me, very bland, right? Um, but ours yeah. is very, yeah. very, and that has to do with the binders and uh, and fillers that we're using from Nicaragua, which kind of spice it up a little bit. That being said, though, uh, I would I would encourage them to try the Vegas Cubanas line. Believe it or not, the Vegas Cubanas is actually a milder cigar than the my father connecticut really yeah true story wow okay the the, I, so, I don't even remember when i smoked one of those last well hey uh 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 brian uh go get a vegas cubanas for tim buddy do you have one <laughs> uh, send them but, to me and i will yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah he'll so, get a few so, and he'll bring them over here so the vegas cubanas would be where i would start first uh, as far as representation to kind of go with what we were talking, I, 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 in order to give a, if I had to choose three cigars, right. To represent the company to someone who doesn't know anything about my father. And we have, as you, as you said, we have a great lineup and ever and they're all great cigars. But I think if you go with something along the lines of say the, uh, either the, uh, my father, Connecticut, great for that milder, uh, and then you have the Flor de las Antillas right in that middle. It's a great representation of what the Garcias can do with tobaccos, right? Especially tobacco that's, that we're growing because that's that's a true puro. That's all Nicaraguan tobacco from our farms. And then, mm -hmm. uh, well, I'm going to say four because he, I, there's two that I that are very dear to me. And one of them is the Dom Pepin Blue, okay, the original. That to me is hands down. Well, you see, I'm always wearing blue. My truck is blue. Uh, my life is blue, right? I love that cigar. I think the Don Pepin original is by, by far the best cigar that we make. Uh, it's the most complex. It just, it, it allows itself to be smoked. It's not overly strong. It's got a lot of flavor, mm -hmm. a lot of the chocolate, sweetness, and so forth. But anyhow, uh, and then obviously Le Bijou would be the, the other cigar. And that's taking it to the other extreme. That's taking it to that very strong, 
you know, uh, uh, spicy, peppery um, explosion. So that would be yeah, a so that would represent the company. I, I do have another comment that actually uh, goes to that, and that's from Junior W. Says, what's a good Maduro cigar? So coming to the polar opposite end of it, and give me one or two recommendations for this. Something that has a good spicy taste, but is easy to smoke. For example, St. Louis Ray is one of my favorites. Well, you know what? You know, uh, you know what I would say? If, if you haven't had uh, La Opulencia, I think that would be a great cigar that would represent yeah. exactly what you're looking for. It's got a nice, rich, dark wrapper. It's, it's a Mexican uh, San Andres wrapper, and I think it's a great smoke that's going to be in that uh, three-quarter to full, right? So it's going to give you a, a, a great smoking experience and a lot of great flavors. And I'll, and I'll say this. Can we get lineup B? Uh, if you guys are checking out the lineup for tonight's episode, this cigar right here, the Jaime Garcia yes. Reserva Especial, is broadleaf, bold, great. And by the way, of all of my father's cigars that we have, one that I have to reorder the most frequently because there is a just massive pool of people who like that stronger flavor. And uh, the Jaime Garcia is their go-to blend. Well, right. the Jaime yes. the yes. has a lot of boldness to it. And uh, especially when you start going into kind of the, the bigger the bigger ring gauges, but... Um, like you said, it's bold, but it has a distinct chocolate sweetness to it that is almost like a candy bar, man. It's just it's phenomenal. You just smoke it. And you you guys were talking about mixing with coffee earlier. And by the way, I, I tend to drink. I just had coffee now. So my wife's going to hate me later on when I'm not able to go to sleep, right? Because I have to have an espresso this late if I'm smoking. Um, but it goes very well with coffee, that, that Jaime Garcia. Okay, next comment right here is from... Jason Reese, he says, thank you for all that you've done for this industry. What would you say uh, that is your greatest achievement that you have done in your career to this point? Just nothing, no. too much, not too much pressure. Just what's the greatest thing you've ever achieved? Apart from being on Cigars Daily. Apart from being on this show. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad, I'm glad that he actually clarified the, uh, in, in, this, in your career because I just actually yeah. became a granddad. So I was going to say that yeah! was my biggest achievement. You know? Congratulations. I just became a, man. Yeah, man. Uh, he's he's uh, actually a month old. So uh, that's, that's great. Uh, but, you know, honestly, I, I'm going to say... Uh, being part of uh, having having been hired as the VP of sales for this company and having been a instrumental part of helping to grow the to grow this company to grow the brand uh and, and you know just going out there and and uh, spreading the word man uh, you know that's that's what I do I, I I stopped being a salesman a long time ago uh you know I just go out and and, and spread the word and and talk about the product and and Luckily, the, the products, you know, they're, they're, they do what they do. But I think it's about sharing information with people and bonding. Uh, and that's the most important part of this. So my greatest achievement. Yeah. Oh, you know what? That and being responsible for the Super Gordo. I will take credit 100% for that. In, in Jaime <laughs> Garcia, Jaime did not want to make the Super Gordo. And, I, and he actually made it to get me to shut up. And I called every single one of my reps and I said, you better not let this one. This one better be the best sales. So, and it has. It has. You know. You sell it. So See, you know. That's the power right there. That's the power that you want. They're like, oh, we made a new blend. It's going to be really good. But you're like, hey, I made this, and it has to succeed. No, one hundred percent. It cannot fail. <laughs> Too big <right>. to fail. <laughs> that's right. Next comment right here is coming from Barry Clark. 
Barry says, uh, Jose, I've noticed a very distinct flavor in the Flor de las Antilles, uh, sun-grown, and Maduro. It's almost floral. Can you sort of explain that flavor profile? It's such a, it's a great cigar. And again, Flor de las Antilles, number one cigar of the year. I mean, mm-hmm. quality that's undeniable. So many people love it. And and a lot of my father's cigars do seem to have a, a common thread of flavor through them. But talk a little bit about this flavor here. So, you know, I'm, I'm happy that he that he said that because a lot of a lot of times I'm at a store and I'm explaining uh, I'm explaining the Flor de las Antillas line and, and I'll use floral. Right. Uh, and I use aromatic and floral as to describe it. And so people say, what are you talking about? So I'm, I'm happy that he, he was able to pick up on that because it is very floral. Uh, tobacco is so much influenced by the soil and the nutrient content that is in that particular soil. Uh, the area where the area where the tobacco from Flor de las Antillas comes out of, which is an area called Namanji, about thirty minutes uh, uh, from Esteli, uh, it's a very it's, it's a valley and it's very volcanic, and it 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 continuously during the rainy season it continues to get replenished because it has all these mountains. All the rundown comes down every year, so. To answer the question, I cannot. That would be more of me sitting down with Jaime and trying to understand which nutrient-rich is in that soil. Uh, But it has everything to do with the soil content that is very different in that area, in Namanji, from all the other farms, which is why we grow that tobacco only there. Wow. Okay. There's a lot more to talk about, but to do so, we have got to go to the after party. We're going to end this episode on YouTube and Facebook and only continue it on CigarsDailyPlus.com. This is how we future-proof Cigars Daily from a from a future of uncertainty on social media. So if you go to CigarsDailyPlus.com, you can sign up with like your name, email, password, and a username, and you're in. It's just like this, totally free content, only you get more, like extra content in each video, extra coupon codes, and stuff like that. So uh, do join us on the after party. We're literally going to, this episode is already going on on Cigars Daily Plus. It's just going to continue there. You guys can join us over there. Jose, I have to ask you to sit tight for a second. All right, buddy? Not a problem. All right, guys. If you're not joining us, do check out the lineup for tonight's episode. It's an unbelievable value on My Father's Cigars. You're going to absolutely be impressed, not only with the price, but with the quality of the cigars that you're going to get. And join us on the after party. We'll see you guys over on Cigars Daily Plus in like 30 seconds. And we are back. Okay, welcome to the after party. Jose, we can we can the rules are off. It's much more relaxed here. And for all of our viewers, it's this is much more of an intimate setting. We get to a lot more comments here uh, from our commenters. So if you guys have any questions or anything like that, uh, do drop them down below uh, and we'll get to them or next to the video or wherever it shows on your phone. I want to ask you very specifically about this, Jose. You mentioned this before the show. I don't even need my notes for it. Uh, we've been talking about this for a while. Big, big issue. Production in Nicaragua has been troublesome and people are talking about tobacco shortage, which makes sense. The tobacco shortage makes sense to me because we're, you know, everyone keeps about three years worth of tobacco. But in the last two years, we've burned through more than a year of tobacco because we've grown so much as an industry. But you're saying the tobacco shortage is not necessarily the issue, but a labor shortage is the issue. I want to ask what you're doing about that, because truly, I think what you guys are doing is it's innovative. It's one way that the cigar industry 
this is just an industry of survivors. Correct. So for for us, uh, and and again, I can only talk about us, right? I, I don't know. Maybe some other people have shortages, but we don't. It, not not in our case. We have plenty of tobacco. Uh, we had obviously in the last two years, we've had this massive uh, expansion uh, as far as buildings and so forth, and that kind of tied us a little bit. But the the real problem for us was the the labor. Um, you know, we we had, uh, and I and not just us. Pretty much everyone in in Nicaragua saw a uh, decrease of people to work because a lot of people were leaving the country, right? They were coming here to the United States or whatever they were doing. Um, and then you obviously you you with the success and growth in the production in Nicaragua, you get a lot of new uh, new smaller factories that come in and they kind of take people and people move around and yep. so forth. So. Yep. Uh, what we what we did to to kind of resolve our problem because we 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 again knock on wood we have been growing uh, we have expanded we we purchased buses uh, we've we've hired buses to actually go as far as fifty miles out to pick up people to bring them to work we pick up people whoever wants to work come on down and we're up to about twenty one or twenty two buses. I saw now that I was in Nicaragua that are going out to pick up people. I mean, that's a that's a huge investment. What and, you know, yeah. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, especially with the the rising price of the gasoline and the diesel and so forth, we're accruing a huge expense just to get people to come and and, and work. Dude, today in America, people get on social media and they're like, "If your boss doesn't lick your balls, you should quit." And like in, in a place like Nicaragua, you guys are like, listen, there's a town over here. We can just drive there and people want to work like they want to work. Mm -hmm. and, and again, I know that cigar rolling is a great job to have in Nicaragua and in lots of parts of Latin America. It's totally amazing. And it just it blows me away that we're at this point. But again, features and highlights how premium cigars are, are a, an industry of survivors like you can't kill us. You know, yeah. we're yeah. going to come back. We're going to figure it out. And we're going to keep cruising. All right. I'm going to get some comments. Grevlin says, uh, ordered the lineup and like four other blends, got a big spread of my father's cigars coming to me. Fantastic. And again, if you haven't done so, buy one of tonight's samplers for yourself, guys. I made a bunch of these because it's such an incredible value on my father's cigars. Well, you and have then, listen, uh, your, your lineup is phenomenal, right? I mean, you don't have a mild cigar in there, but I but I think most of your listeners are probably in that medium to medium plus, at least the ones that have commented. Uh, so this is a phenomenal lineup right here that you have. Hell yeah. Good. All right. Next comment right here. Tim, how does your show go from live episode 209, 210, 411, and then 112? I don't know. The guy who typed the uh, the episode titles is an idiot. <laughs> I'd fire him, but he's me, so I can't. <laughs> um, and then I saw another one there. Uh, BZ. BZ is like, Tim, I watched an episode from your old channel. Uh, the catchphrase is so similar. Does this irk you? No, it doesn't. A lot of the ideas from my old channel were my ideas, so I'm not worried about that. And you know what? With Cigars Daily, I have had so much fun building Cigars Daily. And, you know, my catchphrase, the only way to find out is with a cut in the light. I don't remember a, a similar catchphrase on the old channel. But if there was one, you'd have to show. I don't know. Someone bought that channel and has deleted all of the content that I made on it with the exception of like three or four videos. 
that's like all that's left. And there was like 160 or 200 videos on that channel. So, so many things for us to redo. I know so yeah. many things to redo. I've got so many videos I can come back and just be like, scoop. So it's actually a good thing. Um, okay. Jose, uh, MN drummer says, uh, move my family and I down and we would work our asses off for you. Would love to work <laughs> with tobacco. Do you find that this industry is reward is as rewarding to work in it as it appears to be to everybody? Like it, it's, we, it, it looks really romantic. Like we smoke cigars all day long and we like shoot the shit and have a good time with each other. It's fantastic. But how does like working in this industry for as long as you have, what's your perception of it? Like, well, I, I do, I do believe that it is extremely rewarding, right? If, if you're a cigar smoker, it's extremely rewarding. Uh, it's, it's a lot harder than people think it is, right? Because like you just said, uh, especially for my sales guys, right. And my, and myself, when we're out on the road, you know, you just see the beautiful part where we come in and we're hanging out and we're having a drink and a smoke and this and that and conversation and so forth. Uh, what they don't see is, you know, when you're in a store until two o'clock in the morning and then you got to get up the next morning and you got to get, you know, do it all over again, this store, that store. Yes. And, you know, and you're having similar conversations in every store. And, it, you know, so it, it again, listen, I've been in this industry for 23 years, so. Uh, I obviously love it. And I came from financial industry and I told my wife back then, um, when I first came into the industry, I said, you know what? I'm only going to do this temporary. So it's not my thing. I, I just, while I'm closing my business and I, and I start over and so forth. And then I went on my very first road trip. Never forget. It was actually to, uh, it was in Michigan, uh, somewhere. And no, I lie. It was Erie, Pennsylvania. I, I now I remember the store and man i fell in love with it i met some people and i just started talking and i said oh my god i said i never want to leave i don't care and as you know tim you and i have talked about this many times i mean i've been executive platinum for god only knows how many years you know you're, you're flying over one hundred and twenty thousand miles every year and i've been to every every city you can name in, in the in this continental us um but even with all of that, man, even with all of the, the, the times where flights are canceled and that and the, all the crap that I've dealt with, I still wouldn't change it for the world, man. And my wife knows that. As a matter of fact, somebody said, yeah. actually, when you were talking about the comments, right, my wife always tells me, you know, she says, do me a favor. When she sees me getting mad about something, she goes, do me a favor. Put a cigar in your mouth. Changes everything about you. You're a happy person yeah. when you have a cigar in your mouth. So going back to the comments, right, that, you, that they were they were saying, dude, if you do everything with a cigar in your mouth, you're always a happy person. And that's what I that's mm -hmm. what I loved about this industry. That's what I fell in I, love with. You know, add to this, there's the frustrations of dealing with with what goes on in cigars. And there's so much more like like working in the cigar industry. Eventually, you're going to be terrified because some bill is before Congress that raises tobacco taxes by 500 percent or because there's a, a new thing that's going to outlaw or ban or change all the packaging or something like that. that The FDA wants to do or, uh, you know, they want to put new restrictions on it or increase the age of smoking. Like there's always something where they're out to get you. And that's on top of all the issues with trying to find people to work in the industry and trying to get like logistics are insane. And all of that, I, I'm right there with you, Jose. Like I still wouldn't trade any of this, even with the stressful part for mm -hmm. the entire world, just because it's such a great industry of incredible people. It's a cool reward. Yeah, okay. you know, Jack, I, I agree yeah. with that. And real quick, before before we forget and before we, I end up leaving uh, or you kick me out, whichever happens first, uh, most likely you kicking me out. But 
listen, <laughs> go back to uh, Ben's comment. Uh, in when you buy this social media giant, uh, my yep. opinion on that whole topic is you, the number one rule should be: if you offense, if you if you get offended easily, just turn it off. Don't pay attention to it. People should That's have the, the right to say whatever the hell they want to say, and you know That's what? You, you yeah. have the choice not to listen to it. That's my two cents, by the way. We can move your on. Two cents, your two cents are too closely related to common sense. And so no one's going to want that. <laughs> These days, common sense is the only thing we're allergic to. Jack Dennis says, one of my uh, one thing that sets my father apart, in my opinion, is the packaging. Uh, the art, the color schemes are amazing. Definitely sets them apart in the humidor. And that's mm. before you ever light a cigar up. What's the idea behind, like, a lot of brands do this well, I think. If I can name drop a couple, like Padron similarly does a great job with Opulence. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They're the only other one I can think of that's got as like consistently good of packaging as you do. Uh, so what's the idea behind like the look, the branding, the packaging? And then somebody asked about the story behind La Promesa. So can you give us like a snapshot of some of those things? Yeah. So the, as far as the packaging is concerned, uh, what you, and you, you, you were talking about it earlier, what makes it great for us is that uh, I'll see this. Who's who's the one person that does all of our designs, all of our packaging? He is he is uh, Pepin's nephew, and he is by trade in Cuba. He is an architect, so he is a very artistic, driven person. Everything about everything that he does is very artistic. So that's what that's how he designs things right he, he he they they have symmetry they work he pays attention to the color scheme and you you notice all of our bands are beautiful they, you know they have a little bit of gold but they're not gaudy you know they're not over the top you know it just everything works well and is balanced and then when we started uh, obviously we have some that are different but if you notice when you put them put them close to each other they kind of we started playing with the same scheme and, and trying to maintain the yeah, same look and piece so people can see that. Yeah. Yeah. Three so, of these cigars, three of these cigars have that, that sort of very, you know, unified look. Correct. Correct. So, and, and that's, that's where we're headed and everything else that comes out is basically going to be that way that, you know, we created, we cre kind of like Citibank, if you will, right. A city and then every, all the different branches. And this way everybody recognized it. Cause we did find that early on that we had brands that, People had no idea that were part of the My Father lineup. You know what I mean? They had no idea because all the bands were different. So when you try to do that, now you're having to spend 10 times as much money trying to market each brand as opposed to just branding My Father and everything else falls in place. So La Promesa, the reason for that cigar, uh, the reason for that name, uh, it's very, very special and dear to Pepin because uh, it, it means the promise. And it, it, it was... Pepin came across or grew some tobacco that he felt was very special and he wanted to do something very unique, very, very special to him. It, mm. But the story is that it is a reflection of the promise that he made to his family when he left Cuba. He made him a promise that he would come to the United States and he would be successful and he would bring them out. And that's what he did. He came, he, he came out, you know, he came out and, and started working and made a lot of sacrifices in his life. And he was able to slowly bring them all out and build this empire that you know now today as, as my father's cigars. 
So that's, that's why it, it, that's why it's called La Promesa because it's, it's the promise that he made to them that he would not I fail. I love that would, story. It's one of, one of my favorite stories in the cigar industry is the story behind that cigar because it's such a cool, like people make movies about that kind of shit, like right? Mm -hmm. Like a guy's like, yeah, I'm going to go and do something great and then he goes and does it. Like it's it's inspiring. It's really incredible. Um thank you for all of that. Uh, Arkansas says on he says, "Jose, does growing conditions change the quality and flavor of tobaccos much like the wine industry?" Very much so. So there, you know, Pepino always says there's three things that affect tobacco, and that is uh, obviously the sun, water, and the hands of God, right? So what we have to do, and Yusuf touched on this earlier when he made his comment, uh, what we have to do is we actually have a weather station that records everything, right? The, how, how, every, how the environment is uh, reacting at that time or behaving, if you will. And based on that, when the tobacco is picked from the fields and is taken to the barns, then if there was too much water, we then have to remove that, that water. And we have to give, you know, we have to play with the, 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 uh, the, the heat and make sure to get as much of the humidity out. When it goes into the fermentation process, again, now you, now you look at it and you, depending on how the weather conditions were at that time, is how you treat that pilon at that moment, whether you have you add more water or less water. And the tobacco tells you, by the way, it's it's if you've ever seen the pilons, you know, it's a big pallet where the tobaccos are laid, and <clears throat> excuse me, and you go through the fermentation process. And basically all all fermentation is, I mean it's a fermentation is a beautiful word, uh, to for compost, but it, it's basically what it does, right? You 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 give it you give it water and or you you wet the tobacco and then it causes the heat to rise and as it rises and it gets to a certain point where it, where it won't rise anymore then you have to open it up let it breathe again and rotate you shift tobacco so that were on the top go to the bottom the ones that were in the bottom go to the middle the middle go to the top and you're constantly rotating and people say well yeah. how often do you do that well the tobacco tells you because you rotate it you let it breathe you put it back up and then it comes it gets heat again and when it gets to a certain temperature you got to do it all over again and depending on the variation of tobacco that may be a week that may be three days i mean we, we have pilons that in three you know every three days have to be turned right. because they re it requires it so the pilon tells you the, the tobacco tells you when it needs to be rotated there's also this is one thing that stands out to me that separates cigars from so many other industries, from so many other items that get made out there is that, you know, with a lot of stuff that gets made, you can go to a factory and they're like, oh, yeah, this is the important part. If this step doesn't go right, nothing else will go right. But with cigars, there's so many of those turning points, right? Yes. In the field, yes. as the tobacco is growing, it's like, no, if this doesn't go right nothing will work. The whole crop will be ruined. Then during the curing, when the cigars are, or the, the tobacco is hanging from the ceiling in the barns, no, that curing has to go right or the whole thing is fucked, right? Correct. And then you get it into the into the pylones and even through sorting and so many things, all the way down to when the cigar is getting rolled, if the roller hands has too tight of a grip, the cigar won't have any draw. And it's like, it's like every single step of the process is like foundationally important to getting a good cigar out there. And you guys have mastered so much of that. I had no idea you had a weather station. That's fucking so Oh yeah, cool. yeah. No, no, we, we keep track. They, I think they could tell you right now what happened for the last 20 years. They had, they keep, they keep a record of it, what the wind speed was. I mean, everything, everything makes 
a, a difference and everything will affect it and everything, you know, and depending on how, what happened, how much humidity or whatever, it, you then have to ad, uh, accommodate for that and and in the other processes. So, I mean, listen, you, you're talking about how anything can affect it in all the different stages. Well, it, even when even when the cigar is being made, when the rollers are working on the cigars, the rollers are not allowed to wear uh, perfume or cologne because the tobacco can absorb that and so therefore we don't allow them to use perfume or cologne while they're working yeah okay a, a couple of comments coming up that i want to get to you real quick mm -hmm. uh easy e scroll down just a little bit i want to see easy e's comment because he's he said when i take the satin footy off the don pepin I feel a little naughty. Uh, <laughs> so I just want to make sure that that's acknowledged so that you know. This is important market research, things that you got to know. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, and then Jeff says, how many cigars does 21 Farms allow my father to produce for the market annually? Are you at liberty to say how many cigars you guys make a year? Nah, no, not at, not at the moment. But uh, I, 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 no, let me just some say guys do lot. and some guys don't. A lot. Yeah, a lot. A lot. Yeah, so so if you guys watch the show often, you'll get these cigar makers coming and they're like, yeah, we make a million cigars a year. We make two million cigars a year. I, I would bet dollars to donuts that my father makes a lot more than that. But when he says a lot, it's a lot. It would probably shake your mind if you if you heard the actual number. Um, okay, do any cigar makers grow from Lee in greenhouses? Would that not help the consistency of the tobacco? Well, we do shade grown, right? But that's for wrapper. Uh the problem with greenhouse uh, that I would see is you would have to have a humongous amount. Of, uh, you'd have a lot of money spent on building greenhouses to grow Damn tobacco. In, you know what I mean? That, that would be. These fields are huge. Yeah. These fields that would, are so matter. <laughs> yeah. Listen, actually, you know what? While, while you're talking, let me see if I, on, I, on if I see something here. On tobacco plant. Yeah. Let me just see if I see something. Um, oh, God. Come right on. Uh, okay. Oh, shit. I'm trying. It, it wouldn't stop. I was trying to show you there's a, okay. there's an aerial view there, and that's the shade. Uh, let's see if we can get that to. That's shade grown. That's shade grown. So imagine that size and over here. You know, and so if you had to do a greenhouse, oh an actual greenhouse, that's just the shade right here. And that's just for one farm. Imagine 21. Of, uh, I mean, you you just, it would be almost impossible. You'd have to have a big budget, yeah, my just, friend. Just to, I'll just tell you guys this. You could fit several Amazon distribution centers oh, yeah. in that space right there. And building those greenhouses would be analogous to that. And Brian brings up a really good point. You need the sun. Like, you want the sun there on your tobacco with the greenhouse. I don't know. I guess you try to let the sunlight in, but truly like, especially for sun grown stuff, you want the sun like right on the leaves. So well, the sun helps. See, that's too. a great question. Yeah. The, the, the sun does help a lot and you need it. Uh, and the, as far as the shade, it's only to protect it from the heavy sun because you, you're using it for wrapper. So you need it aesthetically to be pretty, right? So you have to protect it more. You protect it by doing that too. You're protecting it from, uh, a, a possible uh, infections of b uh, beetles or bugs, uh, and you're also protecting it from the wind. Remember, you get a lot of wind, yeah. and the wind moves the, the plants around and damages a lot of leaves. So, for wrapper, that's you 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 occur that expense. Fantastic. Okay, Mike Cokely uh, says most cigars are made by 300 sets of hands. 
That means my father's cigars use 301 sets of hands thanks to the Lord. That's where that extra flavor comes from. Yes. Nobody yeah. else is using the Lord. That's right. <laughs> Pepin, Pepin pays a lot of attention. To, it talks to the big guy. <laughs> yeah, buddy. And, and coming back to that with the Pepin, MN Drummer has a good question. He says, he says, that's what I love about cigars. The makers pass down the wisdom and tradition so that the brands can be trusted and consistent through the years. Are the families consistently involved in the company? Well, that's, Talking specifically about the Garcias. Yeah, well, that, that's what's great about us, right? So Pepin learned it from his from his family, uh, his from his father, who was also in the tobacco hands, and his uncle. That's where he started out when he was a young kid, learning, you know, rolling. His uncle had a, a factory. So then Jaime learned from Pepin, and now Pepin's, uh, Jaime's son, eldest son, Handy, is the one that's there now uh, working with them. He's the one that's learning everything, and they're allowing him to make a lot of decisions and and get involved very heavily. As a matter of fact, in my Instagram, if you guys follow my Instagram, uh, you'll see that I posted a picture of the three of them sitting down explaining to, to us the differences in the leaves and so forth. And I made a comment. I wrote to him. I said, I can no longer call you the young cat. I says, you, you've, been, you've amazed me. You've impressed me. Uh, you know, I, I, I love the kid. And, and he was, you know, he's, he's my son's age. So I always saw him as, you know, as if he was my son. But uh, man, he's he's he stepped up. Handy Garcia yeah, yeah, is going to yeah. be a he's going to be a, a, a storm to to reckon with. Hell yeah! Okay, another comment coming for you from Davis Ebert. He says, "Are you guys a traditional humidor wooden or tech modern humidor guy? It seems like there's a trend of nice electric humidors with cooling and some with heat. Yeah, where do you stand with humidors? What do you typically use? What do you recommend?" But I'm 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 old school, um, so I would say definitely wood uh, a, a wood humidor, and I do use the Baveda packs a lot. But I also live in Miami, so when my humidor becomes too dry because I've been traveling and I forgot to take care of it, I just kind of come out here and open it up overnight, and then it just absorbs so much humidity that by the next day it's perfectly fine. Actually, overly humidified. Yeah, that's and that's a but that's the thing about Florida. Like out here, I recommend acrylic jar humidors and I recommend those electric cooler doors so much because humidity is so hard to capture yeah. out here. Like with yeah. cigars daily, it's easy because we're in a building, right? Like, and we can control the humidity in rooms. But I mean, if it's a small collection, man, the more control you can get, the better. And I, in different areas, like this, I, I talked about this last week on the show, but I was so amazed when I went to Nicaragua in 2019. Like, I got off the plane, got out of the airport. It's gonna be like a two-hour drive to Esteli. And I was like, I've just been on a long plane ride and I just need a cigar. And I got in the car and I was like, when are we going to smoke? And the guy just opens up the center console, just like the, the little thing. And it's filled with cigars. And mm -hmm. I'm just like, oh, okay, I'll just take one out of there. And we're like, fine, because it's like Florida down there. It's just like perfect, beautiful all the time. Yeah, yeah. You got okay. plenty of humidity, so you have nothing to worry about. Well, dude, I want to thank you so much for hanging out with us tonight, man. This is great. And I want to tell everybody who's watching, get a sampler for yourself tonight. You won't find a value on My Father's Cigars like this anywhere else. Uh, and you'll be loaded up with some absolutely epic flavor uh, to keep you going for a little while longer. And especially, like I said, if you have only four cigars in your humidor, oh my gosh, put some more cigars in your humidor and it's really affordable to do. Jose, thank you so much again, brother. This is such a treat, man. Listen, it, it was my it was my pleasure, and you know that I always enjoy coming on board and talking with you and and your crew. So 
let me know next time you want me on board. I, I'm, I'm good for it. I, I, real quick, encourage everybody to go to YouTube. And if you type, if you type in my father's cigars, this video, which shows the whole, the factory and every aspect of, uh, of the process, it's on there's about 24 minutes long but uh it's it's enlightening so it would be great for, also, for anybody who wants to learn a little more i also think it would be prudent for us to at some point plan a cigars daily visit to the to my father factories and maybe even do a do a little how cigars are made thing you know i i went down in 2019 and we did five days with nestor placencia and i was like boom i thought that would be it like, here you go. Here's how cigars are made in the Placentia's factories. The instant the videos started coming out, everyone's like, when are you going to go to more factories? That's what people really want. So do check out the, the video tour uh, on My Father's Cigars. You can go on YouTube right now and type My Father's Cigars. Watch this 24-minute video, which gives you everything. And, Jose, we got to talk about a trip down to Esteli when we can, brother. Without a doubt, brother. Without a doubt. It'll All right. Be, thank it, you so it'll much, It'll be my pleasure man. to hold you there. Hell, yeah. Hey, everybody, thank you so much for watching. Uh, on behalf of myself and Jose, we are both signing off for Cigars Daily. Stay tuned for a great episode next week. Have a great week, everybody. See you all next Sunday. Take care.